This episode of Full Armor Radio is brought to you by CR101 Radio Network. CR101 Radio Network is a Christian reconstruction internet radio station that hosts and broadcasts lectures, sermons, and podcasts 24-7. You can learn more at CR101Radio.com. We're also brought to you by GCS Apprenticeship Program, which is dedicated to training the next generation of Christian teachers so they can own and operate successful and profitable Christian schools. You can learn more at gcsapprenticeship.com. And now to the show. Yeah. Is it just one simple question, or do you then have follow-up questions? There's follow-up questions. Um, this is just kind of the starting point. Um, and then we kind of see where, where it goes goes from there, and it's up to people. You know, it's voluntary. People want to go as far as they want to go. It's totally up to the participants. It's voluntary. So. All right, you got it. All right. <laughs> so, uh, what's the question? What do you think happens after death? Well, it depends on whether or not you believe in God. Okay. Uh, if you're a person of faith, now mind you, there are differences on faith. I think if you are, irrespective of your faith, um, if your faith believes in an afterlife, if you live according to that faith, um, then you have the opportunity for salvation. Okay. So, I guess you believe in the existence of God. Correct. Do you believe that all, all religions are true at the same time? That's a difficult question. Um, I'm a Christian. I grew up in the Christian faith. I believe that Christ died on the cross to forgive us of our sins. Um, But I also know that if I am born into a rural community in Tibet, and I have no exposure to the outside world, and I'm raised in whatever the faith is that I'm raised in there, um, that I don't feel God is going to punish that individual because they did not have the opportunity to be exposed to the gospel. Okay. So if, if you were, you know, if you died today and God were to ask you, hey, why should I let you into heaven? How do you think you'd answer that? Because I've done my best throughout my life to be faithful, um, to be kind to others, and to put others before self. Okay. So you think... Because you're basically saying because I've tried to do what God has said, you know, love your neighbor, obey God, lay the Ten Commandments, that sort of thing? Correct. Do you think that you've kept the Ten Commandments? Some days better than others. <laughs> sure. Well, let's look at that. So, so, you know, some of the Ten Commandments, like, I don't know, like, have you ever told a lie before? Unfortunately, yes. I have. I mean, yeah, I've told really countless lies throughout my whole life. I couldn't tell you how many. Um... Jesus said, if you look at a woman you're not married to with lust, that's adultery in the heart. Have you ever done that? Not since I've been married. Okay. But before that, it still counts. <laughs> well, I wasn't married. Yeah. That you're not married to. It's, it's or, or in that case, fornication of the heart. Lust is Matthew 5. Uh, Jesus says that's still breaking that seventh commandment if it's the intention of the heart. Which I have done as well um, before and after I've been married. Um, as, as I said, the lust, just the looking with lust. Um, you know, it, taking anything that doesn't belong to you in any value, no matter how big it is, how small, you ever taken anything that doesn't belong to you? Yeah, but my parents made me take it back to school. <laughs> okay, yeah. Fair enough, but nevertheless, 
still did it, as have I, as, as we all have. So if we, we just looked at three of the Ten Commandments just as a sampling, if God were to judge us just based upon how well we've kept the Ten Commandments, do you think he'd find us innocent or guilty then? Well, that's not a fair question because he sent his son to forgive us of our sins. So, um, right. Apart from that, though, just for the sake of argument, we'll talk about that in a minute, but just based on the law of God, would we be innocent or guilty? I don't view life that way. Well, God says he's a righteous judge and that he judges by what's right and what's wrong. And, you know, we've done wrong. So when you say forgive us, when Jesus came to forgive us, I mean, what's he forgiving us of? We start with original sin and move your way forward. Okay. So there's sin, there's guilt. So are we guilty or innocent then? Do we need forgiveness or not? All men needs forgiveness. Right. So that means we're all guilty. At some point, yes. Right. Because, we, I mean, we know. We know everybody's broken those. I've broken the Ten Commandments, you know, thousands of times. And so I am a great guilty person. So if God were to find God if God were to judge me based upon the Ten Commandments, he would definitely find me guilty. I know that. Because I've broken the law. I know that we've just admitted that we did. So, since God is good, do you think he has to that he needs to punish those who break his law? No, I don't believe in a God that executes punishment. So when, when Jesus died on the cross, what was he doing there? Making the ultimate sacrifice for others. Sacrifice in what sense? What do you mean by that? He gave his life so that we could have salvation. So how, do, how does him dying give us good people salvation? Well... God sacrificed his only son so that our sins would be forgiven. Uh -huh. I guess I'm asking about the how that works. Why why does the death of Jesus have anything to do with forgiveness of sins? Because that's what's taught in the Bible. Okay. Well here here's something that kind of connects the dots in the Bible. Is that because I'm guilty, therefore I deserve a penalty. And what Jesus was doing on the cross was taking the penalty for sins in the place of sinners. Okay. Have you ever heard the word propitiation before? Yes. Okay, it's in the Bible. It's in Romans 3, for example. It's in 1 John. Do you know what propitiation means? Educate. It means the turning away of God's wrath by a sacrifice. In this case, Jesus is the sacrifice. So instead of me getting the penalty of God's wrath, it's turned aside and put on Jesus instead. But because God is good and righteous, he can't just overlook sins. Because, like, for example, if I was even in a human court, you know, downtown, and I said to the judge, yeah, you know, I've murdered five people, you know, robbed 30 stores, can you let me go? And if the judge said, you know, those things, they're not, they're not good, but, you know, we'll let it slide. That'd make him a really bad and unjust judge. Bad, let's, let's the criminal go free. But see, God's not like that. He's good. He's righteous. So we can't just overlook sins. He has to deal out justice because he's good. That's right. So the way, so I deserve the penalty of hell for my sins, but the good news is that Jesus took that penalty in my place as a substitute. That's what it means when it says he's a sacrifice for sins, or that he saved us from our sins, or he's a propitiation for our sins. Okay. Is that how could God maintain righteousness and justice, but at the same time show mercy to a guilty person like me? Instead of me getting the justice for my sins, it's put on Jesus instead. So I can be accepted by God because there's no, there's no longer any guilt. 
no longer any deserved penalty for me. It's been paid for already. The debt's been paid, in other words. So, because you talk about forgiveness of sins, that implies that we're guilty. But guilt, with you. Yeah, but guilt also implies that there's a need for justice when it comes to legal guilt before God. So basically, my sins are going to be punished one way or the other, either on me or on Jesus. And the good news is, is that for those who repent and trust in Jesus, it's punished on him instead of me. So what do you, So have you heard that before? Yes. Okay. So you, th- you, you still think, though, that, that God doesn't punish law-breaking? The adjudication of wrongdoing in an earthly setting is for man to decide. Because mm-hmm. you're, you're taking action based upon incidents that occurred in the now. What we're referencing is prospective. Mm-hmm. Do you think that God ever punishes sins at any time? I, I don't feel that God punishes individuals for their actions, no. So when you say salvation, what are we being saved from? You're pretty good at this, man. I thought this was just one question. <laughs> we'll get some to eat for lunch. Thank you all. Okay. Um, thank you all for being out here. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, it. Thanks um, for stopping and you by. It's a great day. It is a beautiful day. Um, so I, I'll, I'll ask you a question because you started and I went with the, the little boy in Tibet uh, yep. because this was always a question we debate in grad school and in religious studies courses. So if I am a child born into a family and I lived my entire life in a hut in the mountains of Tibet and I never had the opportunity to be exposed to the Christian faith, do I go to heaven or hell? Well, you know what the Great Commission is? Yeah, so that's, that's Jesus' charge to his church to bring the gospel to all nations. So ideally, the gospel should be brought to all nations. Now that's not your question, I'm just prefacing it with that that everybody, it should be the church, Christian church's goal to get the gospel into the ears of people in those little Tibetan you know, huts. However, the basic question is this. Now, you know, I know that you don't agree with this, but this is the, the foundation of, of it, is that every human being is guilty before God. That's why I established before, because we've all broken the law. And God has given us uh, a conscience to know generally right from wrong usually referred to as natural law that God has placed on the hearts of men. Therefore, people know right from wrong and willfully, of their own volition, choose that which is wrong and are happy to do so. That's our nature. We talked about original sin before you mentioned that. This is the sin nature of man. So you believe if if I had the opportunity to choose between right and wrong, I always choose wrong? In, in, the, in, in our nature, we are rebellious against God. It says, uh, in, it says in, i got to go eat some lunch. All right. <laughs> Check out Romans 3. That's, that's the answer to the question. I, I, I'm a political scientist, and if I am asked to give a philosophy on life, I am much more of a person who's a proponent of John Locke. You would much more be a person who's a proponent of Thomas Hobbes. I feel mm. that man is inherently good. Yes. And if positioned with two choices, that in all things you'll make the right decision. Yeah. I do not believe that man is inherently evil, and we have to protect him from himself. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, I'm just saying from a from a biblical worldview, it, Romans three says no one is righteous, no one does good, no one seeks for God. Uh, Romans three ten and eleven, or ten through twelve. Correct. So that, but you you can't take everything literally. 
So in Sunday school on Sunday, we were working through Leviticus. Um, and I'm a little tongue-in-cheek here because I'm getting ready to go eat lunch because yeah. I didn't want to do this because my stuff is really old. Um, I have a person who works in my office who doesn't like leftovers. So I joked from the day, I go, you don't like leftovers because Leviticus says you couldn't, shouldn't keep food for more than a day. Mm -hmm. They didn't have refrigerators back then. Right. Eat your leftovers. Um, you can't take everything literally. Well, that's the category here because those are ceremonial laws that are passed away, taken away. You're good. <laughs> hey, thanks. You'll have a good day. Thanks for what you do. Thank you. Thank you.